Praise the Lord, everyone. Welcome to the Impact Podcast with Apostle Dr. Lisa Barino. We want to thank you for being a part of our listening audience on today. We are going to continue our study um, under the subject of understanding the prophetic dimension. And today we want to talk about evaluating the prophets. Let us pray. Father God, I just glorify, magnify your name on today, and we just give you all the glory, the honor, and praise. We thank you, Lord God, for being the great I am that I am. We thank you, Lord God, for watching over us and blessing us and keeping us all throughout the day. So, Father God, even in the middle of everything that's going on in our nation and around the world, we thank you that you have been a keeper. So, we just want to glorify your name on tonight. We ask, Lord God, that you would bless, Lord God, the teaching that we would have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us in this hour. Give us greater and deeper understanding of the dimension of the prophetic. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, we want to thank you for listening to the Impact Podcast, and we're going to get into our lesson. We're talking about evaluating the prophets. What's different about a church prophet? In the Old Testament, there were only three anointed ministers operating under the power of the Holy Spirit among the people of Israel. The prophet, the priest, and the king. Only the prophet was given the authority and to anoint other ministries and to call them into function by the accurate word of the Lord. Prophets anointed the priest to stand in the office before the altar of the Lord. We see this in Leviticus chapter 8 verse 12. Samuel the prophet anointed Saul and David to be the kings over God's people. We see this in 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 3. And Elijah anointed Elisha to succeed him in the office of the prophet in Israel. We see this in 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 16. Among these three anointed ministries, only those in the prophet's office spoke the clear, accurate word of the Lord to individuals, nations, and God's chosen people, Israel. The prophet of the Old Testament was God's mouthpiece to the people. He operated in a spiritual environment in which the average average individual had no access to the mind or voice of God. Relevant to his personal or national life apart from the prophesying of the prophet. Frequently, the prophet stood in opposition to the people when the, na- when the nation fell into evil or apostasy and proclaimed the word of the Lord to rebuke, correct, or bring down the judgment of God. When Jeremiah was called into the prophet's ministry, God gave him due warning that he would be the channel of the Lord's judgments against his people, and he was encouraged and strengthened for the conflict to come. We see this in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 15 through 19. The New Testament church prophet operates in a different spiritual environment. He does not stand in opposition to the saints proclaiming against them, but he is a minister of Jesus Christ sharing with all the other governmental office ministries the responsibility for maturing or perfecting the saints and edifying the body of Christ. His prophesying, though at times it may be rebuking, correcting, or judgmental, has the end purpose of building up, restoring, and fueling the, the developmental thrust of the church, <clears throat> Excuse me, both in quality and quantity. All of the standards that ensure the spiritual 
ministry operates in meekness, love, and in the nature and character of Jesus Christ apply just as much to the pastor and evangelist as to the church prophet. Praise God. The church prophet is not the single voice of the Lord shouting down from a distant hill as the Old Testament prophet frequently functioned in a misunderstood solitariness. The church prophet is part of an interdependent, mutually completing, complementing ministry that operating together and in full function in the church releases and demonstrates the full ministry of Jesus Christ to his body. The Old Testament prophet prophesied to a people of a personal inner witness and with a personal access to the word and mind of the Lord. Unlike him, the New Testament prophet speaks to the saints of Jesus Christ, all of whom are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and all of whom have access to the presence of God to increase in wisdom, maturity, and ability to develop their spiritual senses to such a degree that they might be able to discern the quality of any ministry. We see this in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. The Apostle John, in speaking to believers in the context of prophetic ministry, clearly directs the individual saint to exercise his powers and in, in, to discern and to or test each spirit being manifested. First John chapter 4 verse 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Church prophets are not self-made, independent spiritual authorities, but they are ministers of the Spirit who are accountable to the Lord, to their fellow fivefold ministries, and to the saints of the Church of Jesus Christ for the word that they speak and the ministry they project. Now we want to talk briefly about spiritual standards for prophetic ministers. Church prophets are subject to the same standard of ministry ethics, um, proper, propriety and morality as applied to the other four governmental ministries of apostle, pastor, evangelist, and teacher. All the ministries function in the power of the Holy Ghost and each presents its own pe peculiar dimension of the total ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us consider some spiritual standards for the prophet's ministry that can be applied to all of the fivefold governmental offices, office and ministries. Principle of death and resurrection in ministry. Paul tells the Corinthian church about the trials and pressures brought to bear on him during his time in ministry in the province of Asia. So great were the hardships faced by Paul and his ministers that they lost hope of life. But God used this experience to implant in Paul the sentence of death in his heart that it might produce a trust and a flow in God that originated, functioned, and had its life outside the bounds of, of human capability. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raised the dead. <clears throat> Proper ministry takes its evident that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Paul in 2 Corinthians establishes the truth that living in the principle of death releases the life and power of God to flow and to be made manifest. To be an able minister of the New Testament and of the Spirit, to speak the prophetic word that is the word and voice of God, that transmits and releases the very life and spirit of God himself, the church prophet must be broken so that his losses that he loses all confidence in his own sufficiency and person, personal ability. His sufficiency is of God, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5-6. through 6. One of the most powerful and precious prophetic words the author has ever received says, in part, Rejoice in the crucifying of the flesh. Remember that the smell of burning flesh in the Old Testament was a sweet savor to God. Allow God to crucify the flesh. Spiritual maturity must be moral. Paul, writing to the Thessalonian church, reminds him of the quality of ministry displayed on his previous visit. He says in First Thessalonians chapter three, verse chapter two, verse three through seven, for our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, nor was it in deceit. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak not as as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. For whether at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak for covetousness, God is our witness. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know. For God is our witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others. We, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ, but we were gentle, gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. Paul indicated a care and a concern for the quality of the words that he spoke. Prophetic ministry must be even more concerned and careful about the quality of the words that are declared in the name of the Lord. Ministry must have an inner philosophy which guarantees that the overflow of the word of the Lord is free from the corruption of deceit, uncleanness, guile, and flattery. The prophet is the agent of the Lord's purpose, and while he cherishes the saints as the, as the nurse cherishes the infants in her care, Yet he recognizes that it is God's pleasure that is of first priority and that God tests and discerns and examines his heart. The word of the Lord must be spoken in simplicity and godly sincerity, not when the wisdom, not with the wisdom of the world, but by the grace of God. Second Corinthians one twelve. The word of the Lord must not be defiled by spoken with sincere but spoken with sincerity as in Christ by men who speak as sent by God. Second Corinthians chapter two verse seventeen. Let the prophets, as they are raised up by God in this present prophetic hour, establish a new standard of ministry morality as they declare the word of the Lord with purity and power and cause the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ to shine more brightly in the increasing darkness of the earth. Prophetic ministry does not produce domination.
2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 24 says, Not that we were dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy, for by faith you stand. And this is the New King James Version. The NIV Version says, Not that we lord it over your faith, but we work faith, we work with you for your joy, because it is by faith you stand firm. The saints of the Lord need to be educated and taught to be strong, to discern, and to reject all prophetic ministry that seeks to take power over their faith, that seeks to manipulate and dominate or attempts to compel them into obedience or into certain patterns of action. True spiritual ministry does not excuse or does not exercise unnatural compulsion over the faith of others, but instead in the character of the Holy Spirit stands alongside to work with you for your joy. The word of the Lord in the mouth of the prophet, regardless of what situation the word deals with, never comes forth outside of the character and nature of Jesus Christ. Anointed spiritual ministry and powerful prophetic ministry expresses itself in the nature and the character of Jesus Christ. The nature of Jesus Christ is not to dominate or compel by the unclean use of authority over the saints. That is not to say that the inner character of Jesus is weak or wimpy, weak, pathetic, woodly-headed ministry does not properly represent Jesus Christ either in character, strength, and purity of ministry or anointing. There is a process and operation in proper spiritual ministry that is also applied to proper prophetic ministry. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 3 says, Clearly you are an epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets or stone, but on, ta- but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. True ministry affects the heart and transforms and changes the inward man. It proceeds in the energy, strength, and power of the Holy Spirit and produces the the image of Christ. Spiritual ministry produces an open manifestation of the truth and character of Jesus Christ. The anointed prophet of the Lord functioning in proper balance and Holy Spirit anointed ministry produces an open manifestation of Jesus Christ both in character of the ministry expressed and in the result in the lives of those ministered to. Proper prophetic ministry proceeds in identification. True spiritual ministry And true prophetic ministry does not set up artificial differences or elevations between minister and those receiving ministry. The unnatural division and unnatural elevation of what is called the clergy or the laity is not a New Testament biblical truth principle. It is a it is a. Um, residual of the dark days of the medieval Roman Catholic Church when the priests, by reason of their exclusivity, separateness, and dominance, lorded it over the spiritually deposed and ignorant congregations and exercised unlawful authority over them. This concept of a special privileged class of ministers is contrary to the Spirit of Christ.
But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. We see this in Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 through 28. The heart of true prophetic ministry is not ministry elevation, but servanthood. The present day prophetic ministry will bring to the body of of Christ a fresh revelation and a new demonstration of the power, value, and grace of servanthood as a living ministry principle within the body of Jesus Christ. Prophets reveal and declare the pure mind of the Lord into into situations, lives, and nations. The mind of Christ is not released and revealed apart from the character, attitudes, and motivations of the Lord. Therefore, when prophets begin to function in ministry and the prophetic word flows in the mind of Jesus Christ, the prophets also produce an open manifestation of the heart of Christ and reveal the inner quality of his life. Paul, writing to the Philippians, reveals the main character principle of the mind of Christ. We see this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 7, and it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. The prophetic word revealing the attitudes, thoughts, intents, desires, and counsels of the Lord also produces in the prophet in the prophet and in those ministered unto the servant attitude and heart of the Lord. Identification is a key principle in proper prophetic ministry and indeed in all proper ministry. While the Old Testament prophet frequently stood apart from from, from and ministered from a place of opposition to the heart and actions of the people, the New Testament church prophet is a member part of the same body of, of Christ. His call into the prophet's office is a greater call to servanthood to the saints of the Lord. Paul writing of this call to the apostles office describes it this way. For I think that God has displayed us, the apostles last, as men condemned to death. For we have, we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. We have been made as the filth of the world, the the offscoring of a of all things unto now. First Corinthians chapter four verse nine and thirteen. The prophet's ministry can and should relate to Paul's description of his appointment to the office of the apostle. The ministers of the of the of the apostle and of the apostle and prophet are both strongly revelatory in character and both are especially called to be foundation laying ministries in the body of Christ and we see this in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20 the principle of identification in ministry destroys the rising up of the unclean spirit of arrogance and the clergy spirit of lording it over the saints 
Paul expresses this in the Hebrew Christians to the Hebrew Christians. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 and 17 says, "In as much then as the children, in as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God." to make propitiation for the saints of the people, the sins of the people, excuse me. The truth is this, one cannot effectively minister a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God until there is the identification made like his brethren. One is a, con- is a consequence of the other. The power and real lasting life and fruit of ministry is in direct relationship to the level of the revelation of brotherhood. The life of Christ is released as brothers minister one to the other. The church prophet is a brother among well-beloved brethren. He speaks the word of the Lord from the mind of the Lord to the brothers of the Lord. Identification is a powerful truth principle for prophetic release. Proper prophetic ministry precedes revelation. The the priority of prophetic ministry is to minister not what the mind carnally knows, but what the heart spiritually sees. True prophetic spiritual ministry issues out of revelation, either visionary or perceptive. We are prophetic when we minister out of light. And the drawing of light is a dispelling of all darkness. John the Apostle writing in 1 John 1 and 5 reveals that the heart of all true ministry is the move of revelation. For the declaration of the gospel is that God is light. The mind of man can produce great notions and concepts that seem to flash with light, but not the true light. Paul warns the Colossians to beware of false revelation that flashes with false light that proceeds from the unspiritual mind of man. Colossians chapter 2 verse 18 says, Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you from the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. He has lost connection with the head. The result of ministry out of false revelation is the danger that saints can be disqualified for the prize, that they may be prevented from entering into the perfect will of God and from completely fulfilling their purpose upon the earth and accomplishing their course with God. True prophetic ministry is also connected to the head, which is Christ. True prophetic ministry focuses on, exalts, and manifests the head of the head of the body, who is Jesus Christ. It does not focus on the emotions. It does not place focus on the excitement of the prophetic word. It does not. It it never exalts itself. It always exalts one person. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. The ministry of the prophetic activates the releases and releases the believer into the supernatural realm. But true and strong prophetic ministry must lead the believer to the flesh, to a fresh 
It must lead the it must lead the believer to a fresh revelation of a supreme, all powerful Christ. Connection with the head produces fruitful ministry, which brings the increase and nourishment into the body of Christ. Colossians chapter two verse nineteen says, "And not holding fast, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body's nur- the body nourisheth, and knit together." By joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. True ministry produces the increase of God. The oxiano, Greek word oxiano, is the natural increase or growth that takes place when something that has life functions under the right conditions. It is a law that can be applied to either the natural realm or the spiritual realm. When prophetic ministry is properly connected to the head, then there flows an oxiano, the life-releasing, growth-producing flow of the spirit into the body that causes increase. Judging prophetic ministry. God's word commands us to test and prove all prophetic ministry. First John chapter four, verse one says, behold, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. The English word test translate the Greek word dokimazo to test or to prove with the expectation of approving. We must test the spirit manifesting itself because false spirits have been released and will manifest false seductive ministry. There are false prophets in the earth, but the believer has the authority and the tools to test their ministry and come to a conclusion. The believer has a personal responsibility to test and prove all prophetic manifestation, keeping and holding fast to that which is good, but absolutely rejecting all lies and falsehood. We see this in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse nineteen through twenty-one. Father God, we just glorify and magnify your name on today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for giving us understanding of prophetic ministry and how we are to function and to flow in the prophetic. We thank you, O Father God, for purifying us and cleansing us, O Father God, that we might speak what truly thus said the Lord, that we might. Functional, Father God, in truth and in spirit, O oh, Father God, not out of emotion or out of um, carnality, O oh, Father God, but truly out of the spirit. We pray that you will always be glorified as we prophesy unto others, O oh, Father God, that we will never hype up even those who are being prophesied to, that your name alone will always be glorified. So we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. We want to thank you again for listening to the Impact Podcast with Apostle Dr. Lisa Barino. As we have been continuing our study with the prophets, um, studying about the prophets, dimensioning and talking about um, understanding church prophets and how prophets are to function in the earth. We pray that you would join us on our next podcast. God bless you.